Hi there, I'm Lane and this is Property Explained. These are my words and now I'm going to read them to you. Episode 47. What do I need to know about signing the contract in due diligence? The 10-day period of due diligence begins the day after both parties, so the buyer and the vendor, sign the contract. But signing the contract is the very first step a potential investor takes when interested in purchasing a new build property. So in this episode, you're going to learn exactly what you need to know about signing a contract during due diligence. Let's get started. So when do I sign the contract? The very first thing that an investor should do when buying a new build property is sign the contract. And in fact, it's generally recommended that investors don't spend too much time looking into a property until they've actually got it under contract. Then, after the property is under contract, investors can dive deeper and make sure that the property stacks up. It's also important to recognise that going through due diligence costs money. So you don't want to spend money on a property that you don't know that you will be able to buy at the end of it. Brittany White of Opus Property says she understands it can be intimidating for first-time investors to sign a document full of legal jargon, but the pressure is to sign now so it can scare people off taking the plunge. But remember, a contract is there to protect you. It enables you to put a temporary hold on the house that you want to buy, giving you first dibs if everything stacks up at the end of due diligence. Remember too, if you're working with Opus Partners, you'll have a right to cancel clause in every contract. And this is your safety net, which will allow you to pull out of purchasing at any time before going unconditional. In property circles, a contract is also called a sale and purchase agreement, and it is a legally binding contract between you, the buyer, and the seller. You must sign a written sale and purchase agreement when you buy a property, and it outlines all of the terms and conditions of the sale, including the price and any chattels being sold within that property. It's important to know that you can still negotiate terms in your contract even after you've signed the contract. And this is a bit of back and forth between your lawyer and the developer's lawyer, just renegotiating clauses that you may or may not be fully comfortable with. For example, sunset clauses and maybe lower deposits during construction. These can be requested and negotiated even after the contract has been signed, but there obviously is no guarantee that the developer is going to say yes to any and all of your wishes. The bottom line is you can still negotiate and change the terms of your agreement up until the day that that property goes unconditional. And only then are you both locked into the sale. The sale and purchase agreement becomes unconditional when the purchaser gives notice to their lawyer that all the conditions have been satisfied and that the purchaser wants to confirm on the property. So where do I get a contract? There are many different ways to get a contract. Firstly, if you're working with a property investment company like Opus Partners, they'll find you properties that suit your investment style. If you're working with a developer directly, they will have their own sales team who will send you the contract. It's broadly the same if you're working with a real estate office. Whether you're purchasing off the plans or an existing property, your real estate agent will draw up and supply you with a contract. Usually, all three of these contracts will use a standardized sales and purchase agreement, often from REINZ or the Auckland District Law Society. This means most of the contracts you sign will be similar. It's always a good idea to run any contract past your solicitor before signing it. In the article that you're listening to, we do have an example of what a standard contract looks like from the Auckland District Law Society. It's the front page of the contract that is most important. It's got the main clauses that you can choose to include or not. For instance, it's got the date of agreement, the buyer's name, followed by, and or nominee. The nominee line is always left open, and this is so when it comes to settlement, you can easily go to your lawyer and get the title changed. Do not cross this out. It's great to leave open because it gives you the freedom to get advice from your accountant about what structure you want to hold your property in. The other area that's most important, especially if you're working with OPAs, is the further terms of sale. This includes the clauses that protect you like the due diligence and the right to cancel. A buyer can sign a contract in person or electronically. Both are legally binding. 
If you're working with a financial advisor, you'll be introduced to an agent and they'll send you the doc electronically. This is the process here at Opus Partners. We use a system called Secured Signing. When you want to sign a contract, you'll be sent a link from the contracts manager. How quickly should I sign the contract? In a market where properties move quickly? Fast. The moment you find a property you would like to buy, get the process underway as quickly as possible. Even if you have been sent and signed the contract, you don't have the right to buy that property until the developer has received your signed version and signed the contract too. And lots of things can happen in the time that your contract travels to the developer's desk. For example, if you and another buyer send two contracts to a developer and the other buyer gets them before you, the developer may sign the other contract before yours. A contract becomes conditional on the date both parties sign the contract. This is called the date of acceptance. The 10-day period of due diligence starts the next day. And then finally, at the other end of DD, the contract becomes unconditional once you, as the purchaser, tell your solicitor to confirm the contract. Now it is legally binding without conditions. Once this happens, you can no longer get out of it unless there are things in the contract that have not been upheld. What are the key questions to ask about your contract? Firstly, ask whoever you're dealing with, so whether it's our team here at Opus Property, or your real estate agent, or your developer sales team, ask them to point out where the due diligence and right to cancel clauses are. And this is because there are four clauses that you should look out for before you sign. Number one, due diligence. The right to not buy the property if you decide it's not right for you after doing your research within the 10-day period. Number two, right to cancel. The same as the due diligence clause, but explained in plain English and included for the absence of doubt. Number three is finance. The right to not proceed with the contract if the bank won't lend you the money for the property. And number four, solicitor approval. The right to cancel the contract if your lawyer is unhappy with the limb and title. Brittany says that she would check these clauses are not conflicting with the vendor's further terms and conditions. For example, if the developer has tried to sneak in a due diligence that is only three days long. Secondly, you're going to want to check the details on the front page of the contract. You need to make sure these are correct. Especially take care to ensure the property on the purchase agreement is the same one as you think you are buying. This is very important. If, due to human error, the address on the contract is wrong or the price is incorrect, or even if your name or trust is misspelled, you cannot change anything on the contract once it goes unconditional. Any changes to the contract must be done via a deed of variation which goes through the buyers and the vendor's lawyers. Then if both parties agree there is a mistake, both can sign a deed of variation to fix it in the contract. But that costs money. It can get really sticky if the price is printed wrong, so double check the dollar signs too. Don't worry, these mistakes don't often happen, but they'll cause you a headache if they do appear. If there is an issue, the DD period will often reveal these errors. It's also a good idea to check the sunset clauses and the channel specifications. The sunset date gives the buyer a right to cancel in the event the bill takes too long, and this could be due to something that's out of the builder's control. But you should check that the sunset clause is for your benefit only and the developers can't exercise it themselves. Chattels are part of the house they can picked up and walk away with. So basically it's not bolted or glued to the floor, it's a chattel. They are also subject to depreciation, and this is something that you will have spoken to your accountant about. If you are looking to learn more about the due diligence process, head to the website and find my articles about due diligence. In there, I cover everything from working with a solicitor, what to ask your accountant, how to get finance, and what you need to be looking out for on a site visit. Good luck. Good luck.